Hey everybody, Jeff Steele here. We are reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 through 15 today. It says this, I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. As the scriptures say, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Oh, man, everybody's favorite topic is giving, right? Talking about every pastor loves to preach on giving. Um, Money and giving are uh, not our favorite topics. Paul here, of course, is writing a letter to the church at Corinth, and he is taking the opportunity in the midst of everything else he's been talking about. He's been talking about some pretty heavy, important stuff throughout the book uh, or throughout the letter to um, the Second Corinthians. Um, and he's taking a moment in the middle of all of that to tell them to give faithfully and to give generously. I personally always feel bad asking people to give. Now, there are some of you who are like, no big deal. I will ask for anything. Um, That is not me. I'm not one to speak up and ask for things. If I'm at a restaurant, they bring out somebody else's order and give it to me. I'm just like, well, that's not really what I ordered, but I guess I'll eat it. Uh, You know, I don't, I don't want to ask for things. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. So um, the divinely hilarious thing about that, as in God has a sense of humor about these kinds of things, is that I'm in a role right now where I need to regularly ask people for money. Um, My wife and I, along with a couple other families, we started this nonprofit that serves foster and adopt families. Um, We started that about 10 years ago. but it's just been in the last few years, we've really grown quite a bit. I'm on staff with that nonprofit now for the last year and a half, um, part-time there, part-time at Watermark. So as the director of a nonprofit, one of your main jobs is paying for the programs of the nonprofit. And that means asking for money. And if you have given us some money at some point, guess what that means? Um, it means I'm going to ask you for money again, because I have this list of all of our previous donors, and those are people who believe in you and in what you're doing, and the experts say that you need to give them a chance to donate regularly, and I kind of hate that, honestly. Um, So if you have received fundraising emails from me, just know that I squirm a little in my seat when I press send, okay? Um, here's the thing though, and I think we all really know this, but it is a whole lot easier to ask people to give to something that you yourself believe very strongly in. When you believe in what you're giving, um, you believe in what you're giving to, you want others to support it also. Giving towards a project, whether you give a little or give a lot, it really is partnering in that project. So Paul here is encouraging people to give eagerly, and I 
love that description. I love that thought. As someone who sometimes asks for money for things, um, I love that description, give eagerly. Because I don't want you to give grudgingly. That's really my biggest fear, right? I don't want to talk somebody out of their money. I don't want to try to guilt you into anything. That would feel really terrible. It would feel terrible for you. I would feel terrible. But somebody who gives eagerly, that, that feels really good for both parties. If I say, hey, we're raising funds for this project and you respond eagerly and enthusiastically, that makes me feel really good. Not because you like my project, but because you see the value in it and you want to see it happen too and you are giving eagerly to it. So at this point, here's a question that I want to ask about that. Is there anything that you are giving to that you are not giving eagerly? Is there anything where you are giving your money and you are not giving it eagerly? Somewhere that you're giving like it's an obligation or it's a chore. Can you identify something? And a couple of things could really come out here. You know, the you could think, you know, I'm not really giving anywhere. And if that's the case, I would invite you to find something to give eagerly to. Paul will get into some reasons why you should do that, um, why you should give eagerly. Um, but another thing that might come out of that is uh, there are some things that are worth giving to, but maybe you've lost some of your joy in that. Like you started out really eagerly, but then you lost interests uh, somewhere along the way. And now it feels like a burden. Like um, anybody ever go to a concert, a Christian concert of some kind and sponsor a child through Compassion International or something like that somewhere? Or maybe you sponsor, you're a child friend through Hope Chest here at Watermark. And um, and now you're you're kind of paying $40 or so a month like it's just a bill. It's just like one of the bills to pay. Um, those kinds of things really can start to feel like an obligation, but does that mean that we should just quit giving there? Because that's kind of the situation that Paul is talking to the church in Corinth about. He says, hey, you started out eagerly, but you're not really following through. His advice is to finish what you started. He said, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. It was important to you at one time, and it is still important. So if your giving should match your eagerness, one option is to try to, uh, well, to kind of up your eagerness level. Like if you're sponsoring that child and, and we're just paying a bill, maybe start writing letters to that child that you've sponsored. Maybe start paying more attention to their updates, posting their picture on the fridge. Let your eagerness rise to match your commitment there. The other option is to find something you are eager to give to, something that you believe strongly and give toward that, partner in that. There's not really a third option of just don't give anything. Um, and the reason for that is because the purpose of having is giving. Giving is the reason for having. So has God given you plenty? Most of us don't really think of ourselves as wealthy, but the truth is if we are making ends meet, we are wealthier than more than half the world at least. Some of the most generous people that I know actually are people who others around them might consider to be poor. The truth is you don't have to be rich in order to share generously. If you have plenty, it is so that you can share with someone who doesn't have enough. 
Not that you make yourself poor in order to give, right? Paul's saying, don't do that. Don't sell your house and become homeless in order to give someone else your house. That that doesn't make sense. That's not the Bible. Um, that's a that's an old movie called Trading Places uh, with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. And if you just said who to those two names, then just never mind. You wouldn't you wouldn't get it. Um, the point is that God provides through His people, and if you have enough, share with those who don't. If you don't have enough, then others will share with you. That's how community works. And when it works, it's a really beautiful thing. So I'm going to do something that I really hate right now. And I'm going to ask you to give, not to my project or someone else's special project, but to be a person who gives generously out of the abundance of what God gives you. It is God who gave it to you in the first place. It is God who gave you the skills, gave you the ability, gave you the opportunities, gave you the resources, the connections that you have that provide more than enough. It is God who gave it to you. It's not all meant for you. He didn't give it just so that you'd have more than you know what to do with. He gave it to you to be generous and to give. So where are you going to give eagerly. May it be said of the church, may it be said of the body of the followers of Jesus, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. My prayer is that you would have enough. I pray that you have more than enough so that someone else might also have enough. Let's pray. God, um, you are good. You are good, and we don't give you enough credit for the things that we have, um, the things that we earn, the things that we accomplish. We just we um, view those as our own individual, isolated successes apart from what you're doing in our lives, and it's just not true. So, God, um, if you give uh, plenty, my prayer is that you would show us um, – where to give eagerly, where to share, um, where to be people who follow after you. You made us rich in grace by making yourself poor. And, um, and we just want to be like you. So, um, God, may we follow you in that. And may we, um, may we give uh, generously, may we give graciously. Um, knowing that you have more than enough. We thank you in your name. Amen.